Hey, somebody needs to know today there's freedom in Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's deliverance in the name of Jesus. Hmm? There is power in the name of Jesus. But I'll tell you what Jesus is not in. Listen to me, church. He's not in criticizing or complaining. You hear me? He's not in criticizing and complaining. A message the youth has been in for about two weeks now. And only this time the church hears a message about complaining and criticizing. We're going to be in an Old Testament passage today. We're going to be in Numbers uh, 21. Numbers 21, very, very familiar passage. But I hope you see it, very simple message, very simple uh, gospel message, because I, I think somebody needs delivered today. I, I believe somebody is, is bound and needs to taste and see the goodness, the mercy, the grace, freedom, life, everlasting, complete healing. There's healing in the name of Jesus. Somebody needs to give God a praise break right here. Man, there is power in the name. I had this song that started yesterday in my head. It says, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Jesus is the answer. World today, above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Mm. Amen. Healing. Listen, there's people in here that need healing, spiritual healing, that has physical illnesses, financial problems, marital problems, mental problems. Church, we need healing. Numbers 21, looking at a nation that needed healing. A nation full of complaining. A nation that had been delivered from bondage under the, the taskmasters, under the, the Egyptians. And God delivered them. There's deliverance in the name of Jesus. But God delivered them out of the bondage and he brought them to the edge of the promised land. And then they go and they send these spies in. But only two spies had enough courage. Joshua and Caleb. And he left them there and the whole, the rest of the generation passed away. But not those two. But not those two. Not their grandchildren. Not those two. Because of their unfaithfulness, their disobedience, their complaining, their criticizing one another. Not just against one another, but against God. Because see, it doesn't severance the body this way, it severance the relationship this way. Church, you need to hear me this morning. God blesses when His church is unified and focused to the cross. The disobedience. The years going through, seeing the edge of, of the promised land and the entire generation took out. Wondering, punishment, 
Think about this. This is, this is uh, uh, what is that food service that end, ends up at your doorstep every day? Man, that's manna. Hey, I got manna right here. I got clothes that won't wear out. Water that he continues to provide from, the, from nowhere. Even to, we'll see in the, in the text, even when we have feet. It, I have anybody that has some miles on the body today. And you go for a long walk, and then what happens, doctor? The joints start hurting, the inflammation sets in, and you're like, man, i got to sit down and rest. Listen, these dudes went, and their feet didn't even swell. He had given them proper nourishment. And they still did what? Still complained. Still complained. And then we get to, to Numbers 21 right here, and then we see that they take a vow before God. In the first three verses of, of chapter 21, we see that uh, they say, God, if you will deliver, deliver these people into our hands. If you'll just destroy the Canaanites. If you'll just do this, bring, bring forth this deliverance. And that's where we get to Numbers 21. And if you'll stand for the reading of the word in verse 4. It says in verse 4, Then they journeyed from Mount Horeb to the way of the Red Sea to go around the, the land of Edom. And the soul of the people become very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness where there is no food, no water, and our soul loathes it's this worthless bread? So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and and they bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. Therefore the people come to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent, and sit it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at it, the bronze serpent lived. As you've been seated, let's pray. Father, I pray that eyes and, uh, are just open, the hearts are moldable, that they can receive. the payment that was given on the cross, that they can receive everlasting life. Father, as, as we are this, this nation, this body of people that come together to see that we have a problem and lead us to repentance to receive everlasting life. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to see that these dudes were chronic complainers. Chronic complainers. That's point number one. The Israelites were chronic complainers. Look in verse 5. Once you see in verse 5, they complained against the prophet. And the people spoke against, they complained against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us out of, the e out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food, no water, and our soul loathes. That means our soul detests. Our soul it di di dislikes this worthless bread. 
You got to understand that these people had just come out of a battle where God had given them victory. Victory. And victory didn't encourage the, the Israelites, but it, it, I want you to understand, you know, you know that passage that says to mount up like wing, wings of eagles, right? Listen, to mount with wings like eagles is, is one thing, but to walk the journey and not faint in Isaiah 40, 31 is a whole other thing. Courage in a battle must be followed by endurance in the race. Hmm? Their discouragement came when they had to go the long way around. When they had to go the long way around. When they thought that they needed a short path. Hey, this is it. We need to go this way, point A to point B. And God said, no, there's some area that I've got to work out of you, so you've got to go the long way around. You've got, you're going to have to go through this process until you see the victory on the other side. So they were discouraged right off the bat. They were impatient travelers. They were chronic complainers. Listen, I've got four kids. I understand the complaining. I understand the, the lack of patience as a parent. Anybody else like that? Some of you are looking at me like you're, I'm the only dad out there that, that doesn't have patience. Hmm? They want it now. And I'm like, man, you've got to go through this, this process, this procedure. The anger, the, the impatience that boiled out of them, the, the harsh words, the, the attitudes. Listen, can I tell you, that's what we do to each other? Don't look at one and say, oh, look, look at them. Listen, take, take it out of your eye. Get the criticism out of your eye. Woe is me, i got my own issues. If we could stay focused on the cross, then all this wouldn't matter, amen? Because we'd have enough trust that God is my provider, He is my shield, He is my refuge, He is my strength, He is my everlasting life. So what's the rest matter? back to the text hmm? and this is all through the, all through the nation from the time they come out of Israel complaining criticizing they were tempting the Lord listen that's a dangerous thing to do they also complained against God's promise his provision his provision, he had promised them time and time again that they would enter the promised land to claim the promised land as their home. But the difficulties on the daily march, they've forgotten. Isn't that the same of, of us today? We get so bogged down in the day to day, the busyness, the distractions, we forget about how faithful God is. God's faithfulness. We forget that He's saved us, He's purchased us, He's bought us, He's redeemed us, He's delivered us. And we get bound down by all these things between each other. Forty years. Manna was a wonderful food. They just couldn't see that, that it was the proper nourishment for that time from no swelling. No, no aches, no pains, no nothing. He, he had made amends for all their deficiencies. They just had to eat, taste, and see that what I'm giving you is good. It's amazing. It's amazing how easy 
it is for us to complain. Isn't it? Especially when we complain about, about the things that God's given us. Complain about the things that pertain to God. We're quick. Complain of His blessings, the provisions. We take them for granted daily. Listen, God takes grumbling and criticizing very seriously. We, we had chapel a couple weeks ago, didn't we, Paul? And we talked about uh, the spirit of criticism. When, when uh, Moses, when his brother and sister went and said, is this the only one? Does, does God only speak through Moses? And on the surface, it looks like that God was disappointed in, in the wife that Moses chose. But really, God was disappointed because the two was, was criticizing one another. So listen, some of you understand the terminology. God shows up in a cloud and says, hey, all three of you are in the tabernacle, but it's time to come out to the woodshed because I'm not in criticizing. I'm not in complaining. I'm not honoring that. He takes it serious. Church, we must stand together. And the Spirit of God together unified. Go with me, point number two. The Israelites suffer serious consequences. Verse six, the Lord sent a fiery serpent among the people, and they had bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. See, in the past when Israel had sinned, uh, Israel would go and, and Moses would fall on his face for the people. That's where we see intercession. But see, this time is a little bit different. This time that we see the people immediately going and saying, we have sinned. They have rejected God's gift. They had rejected the health, the, the provision from heaven. And, and then God sent judgment. He sent, he sent suffering and death on earth. And many people died. But see that word fiery, we, we look at it a lot like a, a fiery snake. But the Hebrew word safara, uh, it really means burning. Okay, uh, fiery, it describes not necessarily the appearance, but the poison. The poison, the, the, the poison was fiery, the inflammation, the pain that was caused by the venom. Those bitten died very quickly, but their death wasn't an easy one. Listen to me, church. This applies for us today. Because when sin or the serpents enter the camp, hear me, when sin or the serpents enter the camp, repentance is a must. It has to happen. That's the exact thing with the nation of Israel. When the serpents enter the camp, repentance is needed. So the death, point number three, the death, the destruction, the devastation led to the nation confessing their sins, pleading for, for God's mercy. Them, themselves. I want you to see this, how this turns. Because it had to happen this way. This is not something where the priest could go... Uh, on their behalf. This wasn't something that we see that mom and dad could could look upon the the serpent, the bronze serpent or the cross for their kids and save them. 
No, this is a point to where the nation had to, to repent for themselves, confess, to look upon the provision, admit, God, we've sinned. Listen, and, and if there's any other way, any other way, that you come as a sinner to become a saint through Christ Jesus. There's no other way. And if you are banking it on any other way of what mom and dad teenager told you when he was five years old, eight years old, or ten years old, and that's what you're banking your salvation on, that's wrong. Know that you know that you know if you're banking it on, hey, church membership, that we come in here and we fill a card out, and I'm a member at Tennessee Avenue Baptist, so I must be saved, then it's wrong. If you are basing your means of salvation on any other way than Christ and Christ alone, it's wrong. It's worthless. Amen? So that's why they had to see for themselves where their salvation come from. So this is where we see that they're going to have to walk in their faith and have evidence of their faith. That they're going to have to, to bow down and surrender. Not just bank it off their, their priest. God provides a cure for the Israelites in verse 8 and 9. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a, a bronze serpent and put it on a pole, and so it was, if a serp serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Moses did pray for the people, and God gave him instructions. Instead of immediately removing the serpents and healing the people, God instructed Moses to make a, a, a serpent of a brass, a, a brass serpent and put it on a pole where the people could look up and see it. And though all those who were bitten, if they would look at the provision God had made at, at the cross, they were delivered, they were healed. This is where Isaiah 45, 22 says, Look to me. Look to me and be saved. And you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. I want you to understand that these people were looking at all the chaos going on around them, how they didn't want to go around to enter the promised land. They were looking at everything else, but they wasn't looking to God. Jesus used the bronze serpent to illustrate his own death when he was talking to Nicodemus. Old Nick at night in, in John chapter 3. Listen to what he says in verse 14 through 16. It says, and, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man will be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Listen, the Son of Man was, was lifted on a cross. Not just any cross, but the cross of Barabbas. The thief, the murderer, who was guilty and worthy. Jesus was not. Our Lord made sin for us, for me. 
on that cross. He had taken the place of Barabbas. He had taken your place, my place. Man, what a beautiful thing. God permitted this. Why? Because He loves the world. But I want you to catch this. Catch this. He loves the world. It doesn't say that God so loved the world that He saved the world through His love. No, no, no. There's a piece there. There's a piece missing there. It says that you have to believe. You have to look and see. You have a piece in there. Yeah, through His love, but you have to believe to receive everlasting life. Look to Christ. Some of you are sitting there asking like, well, why does Moses make a a model of a, a serpent? The very creature that was causing the people to die from the garden. Because on that cross, Jesus became sin, bore his body. The spiritual death that Moses, Moses didn't hide the bronze serpent. No, no, no. He lifted it high for all to see. He put it on a pole for all to know where their provision, their deliverance, their salvation comes from. Listen, that's why the Lord was crucified publicly outside of the city of Jerusalem for those to hear and to look at the gospel so that they can look upon him and be saved. That's why Romans 10, 13, so whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. All the people had been infected by the poison of what we would call call sin, but if they looked for Christ, he would save them. He would give them eternal life. Listen, Moses didn't stick the, the, the pole of the serpent back in the tabernacle. No. Or even in the court. No. The serpent was the only cure. That's why Christ was crucified publicly. Hmm. Salvation, Christ offers is personal and individual. Very simple. We must look to Christ by faith. By faith. Listen, it's not by our works. It's not how hard we try or do. You can be a Jew of the Jew, a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Not by that. Salvation is available through Christ and Christ alone. No other. No other. Either today, you're either looking at Christ as your Savior, or you're not. Very simple. Either you are, or you're not. Church, not how many times you come and talk to a pastor or a priest, or how many times you've been in in the baptism pool. It's not, not about all that. Not about what mom and dad says. It's about you and Christ. You and Christ. In Christ. And that's what he's showing the nation of Israel here. Hey, it's not about what your, your, your dudes are doing out here. It's about that you know and have received salvation. 
You have received the atonement for you. Max, there's always something else that we see through the, the serpent. He says it like this. The healing power of the cross is, is what we see. The healing power of the cross. The cross is the central message of the church. If we lose this message that provides everlasting life, the, the salvation, then close the doors. It's not a church that we should be a part of. Listen, salvation through the cross frees us from pride and bondage and, and releases blessing to other people. It brings people together. That's what brought people together for healing in the, the wilderness. It's, it's where we see finally the murmuring and the complaining that had allowed the plagues of the snakes into the camp. The cross, the serpent cured it. It delivered them. Listen, unity in the church is when we are singleness, when we are focused on Christ and Christ alone. There's healing. There's power. There's victory through Christ. We see six, seven things. We're going to go over here real quick. He offers us peace. When Christ was in the garden of Gethsemane, and he chose to do the will of God, to pay the highest price, the blood, listen to the, the, the stress, the weight, blood come to the surface of his skin. The extreme mental pressure. That's why Christ can say today that he understands your cares, your worries, your anxieties. And he's able to give you peace because he endured. Isaiah 26, 3 says you will, will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. He knows. Listen, he knows how uncomfortable, he knows how hard it is. He knows the pressures cast at him. Number two, Jesus offers us healing. You say, I don't get it. Isaiah 53, 6, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of, of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes I am healed. I am healed. Listen, he was scorched with a whip. That was full of lead and glass and, and bones. And when the beating occurred by the, the, the whip and the leather, it would hit the victim's back and it, you could not recognize them. They were disfigured. Isaiah 52, 14 says, His appearance was disfigured, that of any man, and his form was marred beyond human likeness. Listen, Jesus knows your agony, your pain. He bore that so he could heal through all dimensions of life, all generations. 
Jesus offers forgiveness. Colossians 2.14 says, Having wiped out the handwriting, boy, isn't that good, the handwriting of requirements that were set against us, which was contrary to us, He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Listen, somebody needs to celebrate about this today because, listen, there was a debt that you owed. The old saying, I owe you, this was the I owe you. Because in that time, if you owed a payment and they had it on paper, they had a nail, uh, uh, put a nail through it. They hammered a nail through it. So the debt that you owed was nailed on the cross. And there's power in that today. Listen, somebody needs that because somebody needs deliverance today. There's forgiveness, there's healing, there's power, there's grace, there's mercy, there's life. There's unity. Jesus offers us victory. Mm, victory. Colossians 2.15 says this, having disarmed having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. You know, when a Roman military soldier, when they conquered the enemy, what did they do when they conquered them? As old David and Goliath, they put their, their foot on the neck, on the head of the enemy. The same as you see Joshua when he's chasing down at the sun stand still day, man. Uh, he chased down the five kings, and when he got the five kings that was hiding out, what did he do to them? He put his foot on their neck. <laughs> Listen, this is important because we should look at every circumstance and perspective that Jesus provides victory through the resurrection of the cross. His death on the cross put our weaknesses, our fears, our anxieties, our, our defeat, He put them under His feet. He made our enemies His footstool. Number five, Jesus offers blessing. Mm-hmm offers blessing. Genesis 3.18 says the first time that we see that a thorn is mentioned and it was part of uh, the curse that come upon Adam. Christ was crowned with thorns. Crowned with thorns. Man, that's, that's so symbolic for us because He took the pain, the suffering, the poverty that entered the world from Adam and Eve to now. For us, the crown of thorns represents crushing of the curse. And that's how we can say, Philippians 4.19, that my God will supply what? All needs according to His riches and His glory in Jesus Christ. Hmm. We receive blessing through Christ. Number six, inner healing in Christ. When the soldiers pierce the side of Jesus, it represents the, the breaking of the heart, the inner wounds of the heart, the breaking of our experiences, our circumstances. No matter what you're going through, it can, it can be healed. But we have to let go of the bitterness, the experiences, the feelings. We have to, to let go 
of yesterday as the Israelites had to let go of Egypt, let go of the fish and the water and the leaves and, and knowing that they had something every day, knowing the plan every day, knowing their box that they knew from sun up to sundown. We have to let go and listen and allow the Spirit to rewire us for what He's doing today. Hmm? And you can't receive, receive if you're doing this. If, I, if my fist, I cannot receive. Let go of the past. Let go of yesterday. Move forward. Move forward. Let bygones be bygones and move forward. Find healing in Christ. So many times we, we treat the cross as excess baggage. Listen, churches, we must not hide it. We must elevate it. We must preach it. Don't move past it. Don't try to go around it. There's power in the cross. Look to Jesus. Jesus. method Jesus I don't know where you're at today we're, we're closing simple method you can come on up simple method I don't know where you're at today maybe you're somewhere that's sitting there and you you've never looked to Jesus you've never received everlasting life you've never looked to the power of the cross. Maybe you say that, that your relationship with, with Christ involves your church membership. Are you trying to go through the week and read as many devotions as you can, memorize as many Bible verses as you can? You're trying to be the Jew of the Jew and say, I've got it in a bag. Listen, today, somebody needs to sit still and receive everlasting life because it's not anything you can do it's what he did for you. Amen. Somebody needs to, to come and taste and see. Experience healing and peace and joy. Somebody needs forgiveness. Not just here, but here. Hey, church, somebody needs to quit criticizing. Somebody needs to quit complaining. Hmm? Everybody in here can raise a hand because we fit that mall every day. Every day. Somebody needs to lay it down. Somebody needs to come and accept Christ as their Lord and Savior today. Say, Christ, I surrender all. I surrender all. Because Jesus is the answer for the world today. Have you received the answer have you embraced received peace through his death hmm? above him there's no other because Jesus is the way amen if you stand bow with me
Father, we thank you for your house today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your provisions for us, your grace and your mercy. Father, how you continue to bestow on us grace upon grace, and we seem to stay in a manner of, of complaining and criticizing to one another. Father, may we lay that to your feet today and receive in fullness the life that was given on the cross so that we may partake boldly and come to the throne of grace. And receive that Jesus is our high priest, our King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, I pray that somebody lays their life down today and receive everlasting life. Father, I pray, pray that those that are harboring bitterness and grief and um, complaining and murmuring and uh, criticizing each other, Father, that there is relationships that are mended, that are centered on your spirit. And Father, I pray that your spirit would come forth and do that very thing today. Father, lead us. Let us walk out of here knowing that we are sons and daughters of the Most High King, that we are anointed and chosen, that we are victors through the cross. And we ask these things in your name.